Welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, welcome to Hump Day, Wednesday, July 20th. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk about overhead, and then we're going to talk about some macro, and I'm going to try to squeeze a listener question in here. So first of all, Mars, semi-square, Neptune at 2.03 this morning. reason I bring that up is that Mars is triggering stuff right now. Mars in Taurus has been a nasty little element. Robert and I took a listener question over on Old Soul, New Soul, but just the dominoes of everything that is falling right now is just incredible. And that's all happened since Mars moved into Taurus. A couple of dates to just lock on to. July 26th, that's when Uranus conjoins the North Node. August 1st is when Mars conjoins Uranus. All of that in Taurus. And both of those will happen after the Sun has entered Leo which is square to Taurus. If you've been hearing these things that have been circulating of stuff happening in late July, August, September, October, it's in the chart. There's no question. It is squarely in the chart. So I want you to fix those dates in our mind. Uranus is at the table. Let's not even try to predict. I mean, we could throw several things down, but let's just observe and be in the flow And do what we do on Sunday night, send a lot of healing energy up into the sky right now. It needs it. If anything does unfold during this window, it will be Uranian. It will have a surprise element to it. Moon goes void, of course, at 10 o'clock this morning, moves into Taurus at 2.22 p.m. Those of you who like sequential numbers, how about a moon in Taurus, speaking of? Will it pass through over the next couple of days as an additional trigger? Or will it give us some grounding and earthy connection? And that 222 is Eastern Time, 111 Central Time. I, if it stops raining around here, <laughs> I'll be focusing my hikes on the trail rather than the concrete over the next couple of days. Go soak up that earthy Taurian energy with the moon in there. Hi, Thomas. I heard you like stelliums, and I've got two in my chart. So my question for you is, which one of these stelliums should I really pay attention to more? Um, My first one is in 8th house Libra, Sun, Moon, and Jupiter uh, within a four-degree orb. And then my second one is in my ninth house Scorpio, where I have Mercury, Mars, and Pluto within about a six to eight degree orb. Um, So I'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks. Well, you are absolutely right about loving stelliums. That's why I got into astrology was to figure out mine. So let's think globally here like we did yesterday. You might want to pause the recording and think about this for yourself. How would you answer this? So she has one that includes the sun, the moon, and Jupiter with a four-degree orb. Then she has another with Mercury, Mars, and Pluto with a six- to eight-degree orb. She's asking which one is more powerful. What would you say? Pause the recording. (laughs) Do you have an answer? This one is without a doubt, no question. The luminaries. You always look for the luminaries. Why? Because that is the radiance of our life and the reflection of our life. If ever you have a question about if something is more significant in your chart and a luminary, the sun or the moon, are involved, then focus there. Now, the other thing that I would look at with any stellium is what is the tightness of the cluster. 
So this, again, tips the scale to the Libra, Sun, Moon, Jupiter, because she said they were four degrees versus the second stellium in Scorpio, which was six to eight. Now, I'm just thinking here, even though this is in the eighth house, which has its own characteristics, how would you like to have the Sun, the Moon, and Jupiter all within four degrees and in a Venus-ruled Libra Libra? I'll tell you, I'm ruined on that sign now since Delia got me that book. I'm like, oh my gosh, it really is right there. Hey, Chiron's now retrograde. Let's think about transformations, right? If you've been saying Libra, there's a high-level booklet that says it's Libra. Are you resisting the change? (laughs) You get the point, right? Don't hold on to old structures. Let them go. So what do you do with these stelliums? Well, you bunch them up. Now, you bunch up the Sun, Moon, and Jupiter a lot more than you would Mercury, Mars, and Pluto. I like to create a name. So you could create your own name, but I'm just looking at Jupsamoon. (laughs) Jupsamoon. Jupsoon. Jupsoon. There you go. Jupiter, Sun, Moon. Jupsoon. But you know what I would do with that is, I mean, you've got a blank check from the universe here, basically, after you've done the eighth house transformation work. There are things that need to die and be reborn, transformed, very Plutonian. Once you cross that bridge and do that work, then you've got a blank check that you and your wonderful mate, because we're talking about money and relationship here, So you and your wonderful love are able to sit down and write a blank check to the universe and let that Jupiter bring it right on in with skids. I love that. Oh, I love that. I hope you really make the most out of that aspect. Thanks for a great question. 